Good afternoon and welcome to another episode of Canon Talk. I'm your host, Mornay, and my co-host as usual, Aiden. How's it, guys? Uh, another three points for us. Brilliant performance. I was really happy. Um, Arsenal took on Burnley at the Emirates in what was quite a strong uh, lineup put out by Una Emery. Um, the starting eleven was uh, Ben Leno, Ainsley Maitland-Niles, Socrates, David Luiz making his full debut for Arsenal, Nacho Mondial at left-back, and then in the middle of the park, you had Ceballos and Guendouzi playing the anchor role. And then you had like a three, you know, almost like attacking midfield in Nelson, Willock and Aubameyang with Lacazette spearing the, spearing the attack. What was your take on the first eleven? First eleven, um, I was a bit sad to see Callum Chambers a bit... Um, moved out after his performance against Newcastle. But you could see the, the difference David Luiz made with his ability to play long balls. And penny, uh, he was picking Burnley back a bit. Sebeos, for me, starved the show. And when I was watching him, he couldn't step a foot wrong for me. There was one instance where he did step a foot wrong, and I will bring it up. But for me, the, he, just, he just made Arsenal tick. It's like Santi Cazola was when, um, at his prime at Arsenal where he just drove the team forward all the time. I was like, how could Real Madrid let him go? Nelson, for me, you know, seemed like he, he was a bit out of depth in this game. Yeah. But overall, I was happy with the performance and the starting eleven. I mean, what I actually found funny was... Uh, okay, it's not after the fact, in a way, but... You know, when when I was going through like the timeline of the match and, and what the how people were... You know, evaluating him and, and his performance, rating his performance. The f- uh, more than like probably six or seven out of the ten say tweets, if you were going through the timeline, it was, "Can we buy him? Is there a way of getting him? Can we somehow sign him, uh, make it permanent in January already?" But I mean, look, of course, look, it's you know knee jerk reaction in a way. But for me, I mean, to put yourself on display like that, also you add to the fact that it's a home game. I mean, you can't ask for any, uh, you know, uh, uh, any better sort of debut to, you know, to make your break for the club. And you can see as well, like maybe at Arsenal, you can see he could be a leader and he could be a, a, a key player because he's already on the set pieces, like the corners, the, the free kicks, he's already starting to take that. I mean, at Real Madrid, would he get that responsibility? I mean, people would be taking the ball from him. I mean, what I also enjoyed watching with Sebaios, it's like, you know, you're always used to watching, say, Xhaka or, uh, you know, seasons before, like with Ozil and that also. They're almost like eating those looping sort of corners. And now you're having somebody that eats a ball, you know, like at far and flat corners, you know, with it, or like a flat trajectory. So, so, you know, really gunning for the people, you know, giving them actually a chance to attack the ball. Because with a, with that sort of corners, it's, you know, more like, or actually easier for, like, the, say, uh, the, your, your team to do that. But I mean, it's like with those looping balls that we normally tend to whip in, like, say, with Shaka or Ozil, it gives almost like the opponent again a chance, you know, to, okay, this ball is looping in the air, we're going to have a chance. And then, so, yeah. But I you could see you in the 11th minute already almost that um, Sebayos' set piece delivery caused a lot of problems when, like I said, almost nodded home a goal if it wasn't for Pope making that good save. Yeah. And then, I mean, Arsenal then made the breakthrough on the thir- in the 13th minute. Uh, Ceballos again hitting a, a corner to the near post total confusion in the Burnley defence uh, I think it, uh, like I said it ended up you know twisting and turning and then smashing a ball as he was falling to the ground between Pope's legs but I think after the fact that would have probably also been a penalty if we had now looked at it the way because I mean Peter's had his hands all over Lacazette so why not Arsenal 
lovely finish by him as well. And that will do his confidence wonder, especially in pre-season how he was crying and ballooning some shots. So for him to get the goal coming up against Liverpool um, now today, I think his confidence will be up and he'll be looking to fire more. And I think, you know, again, from the something like the 17th minute, Burnley, you know, started now getting themselves into the game, you know, getting more stuck in. Because, I mean, look, they were also throwing their bodies about, you know, in 50-50s and stuff like that. Because, I mean, there was a lot of physical, you know, tough stuff. Because, I mean, they were playing, you know, reverting to playing route one. And at times, you know, when we were trying to challenge them for the first or second ball, they were just literally, you know, buck Ramming us over for the ball. But Socrates and Luis, for me, like they, they seem the type of strong players you need in the centre center of a defence. I mean, they know nonsense players, both of them. Yes, um, David Luis has a good pass on him, but a lot of them time, the two of them are not going to dilly-dally with the ball at the back. They'll put it in row Z, even if it's for a corner or a throw-in. They're not going <laughs> to take chances. Do you know what? Certain parts or aspects of that first half also reminded me. Like I'm talking especially now the latter part of the first half or yeah from the midway of the of the first half already it was almost like having a throwback to the you know the days when we played Bolton and Stoke we just had this aerial bombardment constantly you know at the, there was a point I think we they had I think two or three corners on the bounce and I mean my stomach was turning already because you could see Leno could not get a grip on on what was going on like the way they were you know eating this you know the high balls and then sometimes you know, those uh, very flat corners, but I mean, everybody's just was like bum-rushing the keeper at the time. So, you know, I was just wondering, oh, man, you're just waiting for, you know, something to happen because there was also one melee in that first half where Leno totally got blocked off and I think he ended up also knocking David Lewis and the ball was like bouncing about. And I mean, my eyes were already glancing towards the net, you know, to see it bulge maybe, you know, with one of the, the Burnley players maybe sticking a foot out. But I mean, somehow or other, we managed to get the ball out, and I, I just saw them boof the ball up the field. So, yeah, I think the, the defense like needs a bit more work, but I think there is a foundation to build from. And if the, the two of them can build a partnership, Socrates and Luis, I think we could be a tough team to beat. I mean, they're not, they're not going to let players just go through them. I mean, they'll take you out ball and all. Yeah. So, I mean, uh, 24th minute, Woodlock and gave us some. You know, a real lazy pass uh, to the back. I mean, I was, you know, he was actually, up to then, he was actually playing quite a strong game, you know, driving us forward. But then he got almost like kind of casual on the ball, probably almost like over, almost like, yeah, overconfident. Ended up playing a, a sloppy back pass, which got intercepted. And I mean, David Lewis managed, you know, to block eventually, make a good block, you know, to stop the Burnley player from getting a shot at goal. And then, two uh, minute, yeah, go on. No, I must say that um, for our young midfield, they did really well. I mean, I don't know what the average age was between the three of them, but they, you would never say they, they have inexperience with Gwendozi, Willock and Sebaios. I mean, Arsenal's midfield were passing the game. Yeah, and I mean, then 27th minute, uh, Goodmanson fired a cross at which um, McNeil unmarked, you know, which was also, in a way, a kind of warning sign also to us, you know, that the floor we still have to our game. Of not, you know, sometimes picking up runners off the ball. And then, I mean, uh, Michael and I just managed to deal with, the, you know, cutting the ball out. Because it could have also caused total chaos. 35th minute, uh, Nelson enforces Pope into a fantastic save. Was, you know, I was really 
or like willing the kid on to get a goal because I mean you could see he needed or something for you know for the morale also for himself. I think 40th minute Sebayos for me had a nice break driving the team forward, laying off a, a ball to Guendozi, who I thought you know it took the shot well, but I thought it could have made it two nil for us. It would have been good confidence for both Sebayos and Guendozi if we had to make it two one two two nil at that point. I think maybe Burnley would have been down and out. Yeah, but it's again a sort of game that sometimes gets under our skin where, you know, the goalkeepers are like putting off all sorts of Buffon-like saves or whatever to, to keep us at bay. And then not sh- shortly after that, uh, this is my one criticism of Sebayos. I think it's the 43rd minute. Um, he allowed McNeil to get past him slightly too easy to, to get on that the shot which deflected in off Socrates. And then allowing, like we mentioned, Barnes getting on the end of it. I mean, nothing Leno could do. I know they said uh, positioning of David Luiz was at fault. He could have been closer. But I think, you know, that's one of those things where you can't really do anything about it. It's a deflection and 1-1 Arsenal. And once again, in the last five minutes of the half, Arsenal conceded a goal. Yeah. But I mean, again, it's also a case of, you know, the media could jump. Because it's not like you, you had... Um, the, say the Chelsea fan base, they were almost like willing Luis to have a bad game on, you know, on debut. And I mean, something like that is almost like a freakish goal because I recall, look, you know, Steve Nichol and them, they, you know, highly critical us, of us on, on ESP and FC. And they were like, oh, he was even saying, you know, that was also like a freak of a goal because he said McNeil did not even aim for that direction, you know, where he was eating the ball because it's just by luck the, the ball got deflected into Barnes, uh, yeah, Barnes' path, which allowed him to stick the ball in. But there was nothing really you could do. I mean, you, as critical as you want to be, there was nothing you could really do. And then just before the half, VAR made its debut at the Emirates. You know, thinking that we bagged it to make it 2-1 shortly just before the halftime whistle, but only to have it reviewed and rightly by basically like almost a, a boot being called offside. I actually also made a fool of myself, you know, jumping out of my seat, <laughs> trying to celebrate. And then you just hear the, oh, not that you hear, but when you see the, when the camera pans to the lines and you just see the, the dude's arm in the air. So I thought, <laughs> didn't need that now. Half time, then um, Emery rang the change to bring on Pepe. I think you could see he meant business. And when you looked at this Arsenal side, you were like, we're going to win this. And that's how I felt. I don't think I ever told you that. But I could just feel that we were going to win this game. Yeah, also, uh, no matter what, like what the scoreline would have been, like say going into half time, even if it was chasing it, uh, just the, the, the way that the, look, the crowd was... The crowd was really up for it. I mean, especially with the new signings, the excitement of the new signings, and then, and then you also had now, you know, Emery now trying to push for the kind of pushing for the result, and by showing his intent by you know bringing on the new boy Pepe, and I mean, look, it took a few minutes, and then he started you know working his magic down that flank at the Emirates. You can see that um, he's going to be a type of player that if defenses try to push up too much on him, he can make a real mug of you, and I mean, he did that too. I think it was, is it, I can't get to his name, that sent the back, is it B or something? Me. Ben, me or something like that, of of Burnley, where he just turned him and put the ball through his legs. If somebody did that to me, I think I would have packed my bags and said, no, nah, that's it for me as a football player. 
Yes, I believe this season uh, Pepe will be selling a few defenders a dream, you know, when cutting inside and have him sliding on down the side. But uh, yeah, Arsenal is of course started the second of front on the front foot. Uh, Obama Young found Lacazette and his attempted uh, assist to Sebeos was cut out. You know, you could see kind of disappointment. I think also better ball would have let in Sebeos. Uh, 54th minute, Pepe then starts, you know, with a creating chances now. He's he works himself into a into space. And I mean that's also something that I really like about his play. The way he you know, a, a bit of a drop of the shoulder and a little side foot and he's like already past you. You know, he plays in uh Sebeos, but the shot gets, you know, a good block from uh Pope again. Aiden you there. Yeah, sorry, I had a connection cut out there. I didn't hear what you quite said the last part. Can you just repeat that? Uh, that with regards to Pepe, uh, having the uh, playing Sebojos in and Sebojos in having a, a shot at goal, which Pope made a fantastic save. And like you mentioned, Pope again pulling on Buffon saves. I mean, the scoreline could have been way different and then Arsenal could have looked way more formidable if, you know, those chances went away. I was hoping Sebojos gets a goal because the way he celebrates assists and goals for Arsenal. I can't wait to see him go on when he finds the back of the net. Uh, then in the 60th minute, Aubameyang in the side forces Pope into a solid save. You know, really smashing the ball into the keeper who palms the way for a corner. Sebeos uh, then again has a chance in the 63rd minute, denied again. And then in the 64th minute, that was almost like something that really got the uh, Arsenal fans on their feet. Um, Sebeus wanted to play the ball through to Aubameyang, which got charged down. And everybody thought, you know, that was now it. I mean, since we, you know, if you think of the times we had Ozil in the side and that way, you know, you're not going to fight really for the second ball. And I mean, the minute that uh, Sebeus lost the ball, he goes in, starts pressuring the, the midfielder and ends up, you know, just sticking a foot out and nicking the ball off the player, which allowed, you know, Aubameyang onto the ball and the Gabonese striker just ran through. She went past the last man and then struck a fantastic shot to the near post, beating the keeper. 2-1 Arsenal. And that's a bombing I've been fighting for last season. I know I've been giving him a... Uh, always criticizing him, saying that he should be doing more, but that's the Aubameyang, you know, who gets involved in matches, and he reminded me very much of Thierry Henry when he got the ball like that, running in and finishing like that. Yeah, and I mean, I think what I found also fantastic with the finish, or actually the build-up to it, was, I mean, when the minute you started approaching the goal, you know, normally a go, uh, goalkeeper's also watching the striker, and at first you can actually see he's almost like trying to open his body up, and the keeper's probably thinking, okay, if I position myself in the middle, I can still get that ball in the top corner, like in a far post. But I mean, the way Aubameyang totally switches his body shape after that, and then he just uh, bent the ball in the near post, I mean... Fantastic finish. That goal was coming. The way we were putting pressure on on Burnley, the, the, it was only before the straw broke the camel's back. And I think they were lucky that they didn't go more behind. But what I can say is Arsenal do look a formidable force. And if Pepe, Lacazette and Aubameyang can link up with Sebeos, teams better watch out. And I mean, that was also the type of game where it, it kind of also took out that fire from of the, of the Burnley side. Look, up to then, they were throwing, you know, everything in the kitchen sink as well in the game like this. But, I mean, you could see after a while that was also wearing them down. You know, that 
Because even that, the way they started the game with that high press and, and, and you know, for trying to force us into errors, and you can't also keep that up for, I mean, unless, you know, I mean, most of these top sides have that, that you know, physically are really up to it to play a high press for close to 90 minutes. And you could actually see with Burnley, they could only, you know, have that for about 60 minutes, and then, you know, the tank was kind of empty. So, you know, we ended up exploiting that, you know, to our advantage. And then on 71st minute, uh, second substitution for Arsenal, Colasina, she comes on for Lacazette. You know, as Emery now tries to kind of shut up shop. Because, I mean, I noticed this is also now a ploy towards against Newcastle as well, where, you know, not what we have, we all, but it's almost like we're going to be more disciplined after that. We have the goal advantage, so... You know, let Burnley do whatever they want with the ball. We play our, you know, almost like a disciplined setup. And if the chance comes for us to counter-attack, there's over enough pace to burn on either flank and down the middle. Yeah, and, and with, with Montreal, always playing as a left-back then with Colosinac, not having to, I'm not saying you need to worry about defensive duties, but he could be a bit more free going forward. And I mean, he does have pace to burn going forward. So I think that could also be a good ploy to have. I mean, Putting him on for a forward does not necessarily mean Arsenal, like you said, are shutting up shop completely. But they have now a more counter-attacking side which can pick you apart. And I mean, uh, on the 81st minute, it actually gave you a glimpse of probably, you know, of course, yes, early days still. But, you know, the Arsenal defence now, like, you know, the current Arsenal defence, where actually Barnes and Double Lewis were challenging for a ball. <laughs> and I mean, you can actually see when they showed... Like it was a foul for 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 Barnes, but I mean when they showed the replay from like front on, you can actually see Davalu is watching him the whole time, you know, preparing to take him out as he's like trying to challenge with the aerial ball. And I thought, you know, that is something. I mean, c- could you see, you know, something like Koscielny doing that, or you know, any of our other past or present defenders doing that? Maybe no, they, they, they were too gentlemen. Like uh, I think our team, like Wenger, was a very much of a gentleman. Like you know, um, and I think they had rubbed off on, on his, a lot of his players. They were all gentle, honest players. But like with David Luiz, and even Socrates, you have those hard, hard-headed guys, those hard-ass guys that you know are going to take no prisoners. They're not going to get bullied in the game. They will rather bully you, pick up the yellow card, but you know you're going to be a bit scared, tentative to you know, try something with them. Uh, then in the 83rd minute. Arsenal then made their final substitution, Torreira, coming on for man of the match, Ceballos. And I mean, what a sort of, you know, exit to make. I mean, the old Emirates crowd actually stood up for him. To I mean, I think that also kind of overwhelmed him as a player to see, you know, this is my debut game and that. But to get that sort of, you know, return from the fans, I think it was also a fantastic touch. Somebody said, I don't know where I heard it, or I read it somewhere, like, it was a masterstroke of Emery to actually take off Sebayos, just so that he can feel the love from the Emirates crowd, you know, I think that would have warmed his heart up as well, having that standing ovation, because if you had to play the full 90, you don't get that real standing ovation when the game's done, but allowing him to take that walk off the field, and, you know, the Emirates warming up to him, I think that wonders for him as well. And I think it also gives you, of course, now it's like, you know, uh, like-for-like substitution in a way, but I think it's also going to bring something new, like a dimension-wise to Arsenal when just, I'm not saying it's going to be like that, but I mean, if Emery goes down that path of having a, a middle three of, of say, Torreira, Sebeos, and, and say, Willock, and because then, I mean, you don't see somebody like, say, Xhaka slotting in, because if you watch all three of them, like, just based on player and, and, and movement, 
all three of them are fast, like you know, either with footwork or movement, they are fast. Where Zaka does that, you know, where I'm gonna get caught on the ball and you know, where things like that happen. So I, I don't think you're gonna have too much of that. And I think that is where either Zaka will have to adjust his game to get into that sort of tempo, or he's gonna I mean, let's be honest, he will fall by the wayside then. Yo, bra. Uh, um, uh, what can I say? That is like so perfectly put. It was uh, the way that Shaka now actually has to, you know, work his way out. And as well that um, he's missed passes, but it's also not missed. So I think against Anfield at Liverpool, he shouldn't be in the squad. I know we still need to get there, but I don't think he should be in the starting eleven because I think he could be a liability. I mean, you know, go. It goes also throughout the team if you think of, of like with the new signings now because even people like say Mkhitaryan have been almost a kind of having kind of like an easy ride for most of the time at Arsenal and I mean if you think of wages and 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 what they also bring to the side he was not really bringing it and the same thing yeah. said with say Özil and now it's like they're gonna have to play out of the socks to somehow get in or you know face having to either be a, a squad player or move on then because I don't think like I think Arsenal's now in the stage also with with the transition and that we you can't really wait for people to join the train, you know. Either you're gonna be on or you're gonna miss the train completely. And this is what we've been wanting competition for places and you know maybe it can make us challenges. Yeah. Because I mean this is what I also liked of of Aubameyang's interview after I'm not sure if it was now after the, the Burnley game. Or even the Newcastle one, that could be the Burnley one, where he said when they were asking him about uh, being the, you know, chasing top four. So he said, why should it be top four? Why can't we say, yes, we're going to, you know, challenge for the title? I mean, of course, we have our flaws, but I mean, as we're going to get to now when we run into the, with a Liverpool game now, pulled up to that. Uh, at the moment, Liverpool also having flaws in the eight team at the back. I think, uh, I do think that if Arsenal can play a very disciplined game and are going to Anfield, we could actually go pick up a result there for the first time in a very long time. I mean, uh, I'm not sure if it was our group. So I, I messaged you the other day, one of the pundits I was listening to, and they were saying, like, he was actually, in a way, kind of confident where he said, if Arsenal play a disciplined game, and he said, Liverpool will be playing so high with their, their fullbacks, uh, Trent, uh, Alexander Arnold, and um, Robertson. It's going to give you that pockets of space constantly because uh, uh, almost like they try to overwhelm you just with the front three. Yeah? But if that ball breaks, they said, if you if you play a disciplined game and, and you don't you know allow yourself to kind of go gung-ho or lose all, you know, the game plan is out of the window. If you can stick to your, your game plan that you were coming into the game with, you can't pick Liverpool off. It's just nobody has, you know, have taken Liverpool to those levels yet. You know, I mean, Man City get close sometimes. Tottenham normally do push them all the way. But, I mean, I just think they can be picked off if we do play a clever game. Because, I mean, it's not the way I'm saying, oh, yeah, we're going to win 2 no or 2-1 or something like that. But, I mean, we can maybe, you know, get a goal and you just, I'm not saying shut down, but you just, it was like frustrating constantly. Like, whether it's uh, the front three, you, you know, you intercept or you get close in on them, you know, kind of man-mark them and that. Or in the middle of the park, you just break up play and get the ball back in there off again. Or you play the possession game, you let them keep like chasing a bit, but you don't go, you know, losing your your you know your your more, not morale, but your your you don't lose your game plan just for that. You, you you play and you stick to your set plan. 
I think that is what Arsenal's going to have to do. And that's the only way we're going to beat Liverpool because we get, they're probably going to come at us hard. But the trick is, I think, too, is to try to just turn over position as best as we can and try to turn them over because eventually Alexander-Arnold and Robertson with Aubameyang and um, Pepe Space is going to have to sit at some stage because they can't allow Arsenal to get that much space. And if Sebaios can boss the game like he did at the Emirates, which is a play at Anfield and Eminence is two totally different things. It's going to be a big test for him as well. But if he can, you know, pick up the ball, control the game, like Santi used to do whenever we went to Anfield, I think Arsenal have a few goals in them today. And I mean, like, uh, just a few pointers with regards to the game. Look, Liverpool going to this game with eight games unbeaten against Arsenal, four wins, four draws. Um, key players out for, for uh, Liverpool will be Ellison. And I think Navigator is also going to miss this game. But I mean, other than that, they, they have just about the strong side. And then with us, it's still, look, Ballerin, is, he said uh, the other day, he's a few weeks from training with the first team. Holding is already now started training with the first team. And look, Tierney is still in kind of rehab with, with Ballerin at the moment. But I mean, Ozil and Jaka could return. Um, I just don't know if you get, you know, giving them automatic, you know, slot in the team. I just don't know. Because, because especially away from home, I, would, I don't think Ozil will be really up to this unless, you know, we can really be on the front foot and then you bring him on, maybe. That'd be the biggest mistake um, Emre could do is to bring Shaka in immediately and Ozil in. I mean, it, it kind of slows the Arsenal game down a bit, having the two of them in. And, and especially in a game of this magnitude, I do feel that Emre should go with his tried and trusted so far for this season. And I mean, I don't know. I think that's also where somebody like like uh, El Nini will see himself, you know, out by the door as well. Because if you look at that way of playing, that you know, they're constantly running towards, uh, wanting to run against, uh, uh, to towards opponent's goal, then stopping, going to the halfway line, and then playing again a five-yard back pass towards his own goal. That uh, I think that we pass that phase with Arsenal, like with football ways. I think we need now, you know, people that get their heads up and just drive at the, uh, you know, opposition. Because, I mean, you can see, if you play a more direct brand of football, teams hate it. I mean, look at other defence, like, especially when Pepe was driving at him. They didn't know whether they should throw two or three people at him. And, I mean, the minute they, they were doing that, it already opened space for Aubameyang, like a Z, or even anybody in the middle of the park playing a, a central attacking middle. I know this is a bit early to say, and obviously I don't want to get too ahead of myself, but when I was watching Seba, you in the number eight jersey, I asked myself, do I really miss Aaron Ramsey? <laughs> I mean, my thought the whole time was, yeah. was like watching him play again is, do we really need somebody like Ozil in the team? Yeah. Because, I mean, he's like the most complete player that we've, I mean, all of us have been calling out for because he can tackle. And I know I've been arguing with you as well yeah. about Ozil. I wanted to keep him at the club and say, oh, no, we're not going to have a playmaker. We're not going to have a playmaker. And I saw Sebeos, and I don't think I've ever admitted to you off, but I'm actually going to and say, you know, if we have a player like Sebeos, then yes, I'll um, put up my hand and say, okay, we could sell Uzel, but if Uzel can fit and integrate with him, we could also you know, scare teams. Yeah, I mean, if you play a more, it was like a, a attacking version of, say, a 4-5-1 type of thing where you can have, you, you know, you can risk having uh, two attack-minded central attacking mids, and you can uh, you know play with also two uh, more defensive-minded people. We have to read it because you're cleaning up for the likes of Sebayos and Uzel. You could have a Chavin Iniesta playing 
in at the Emirates Stadium. And with regards to key battles, I mean, I think it's going to also be a straight shootout between our front three against Liverpool's front three. And as I was, you know, touched on somewhat uh, earlier, Liverpool have also not been that sharp uh, at the back because even with Adrian coming in, they are still allowing the team to, uh, you know, get chances. And that game against Southampton, I watched, especially in the last quarter, they gave Southampton numerous, you know, pot shots and chances to score because there were times that, um, I think on one of the sports uh, channels that were discussing the, uh, the oh, reviewing the game, people like Van Dijk were allowing people to run off him constantly for that last quarter of the game. And that guys, they were already saying, if he does anything like that against Arsenal or whatever, they, they will probably destroy him. I think Liverpool's tired, man. They've had a long season last season, getting to the Champions League final, pushing um, Man City all the way. You know, now playing the Super Cup game in between all of this. So I think fatigue is, I'm not saying they're going to roll over Arsenal, but Arsenal take advantage of the fact that they are a bit tired, mentally fatigued. They've been pushed a lot lately. Everybody comes up against Liverpool, wants to beat Liverpool. So if Arsenal can take advantage of that and take advantage of the fact that Liverpool might also be overconfident after them, always punishing us at Anfield lately. This is a new Arsenal team that's coming, so let's make this new era count and you know maybe get the result today. Fully agree. Um, I hope you guys enjoy the podcast. Uh, we'll be back next week again. Uh, I hope you guys enjoy this afternoon's game. Let's hope it's positive for us. Come on, you Gunners. Let's go, Gunners. I think 2-1 uh, win to Arsenal. <laughs>